Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Patty Framo here. Today is Monday, August the 13th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Your second daily dose of happy for this beautiful rainy Monday. It's rainy here anyway in Connecticut. Hopefully it's sunny where you are, but... Uh, of course, actually, it just depends on how we look at any day. Any day is sunny if we want to look at it that way. It's just, it's all in the perception. So even Absolutely. though it's raining, I'd say it's a sunny day. That's all there is to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because, I mean, the weather here, I hate to say, I'm not to make you jealous or anything, but it's absolutely gorgeous in San Diego today. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's but, like perfect. But, but is there but any day in San Diego that's not absolutely gorgeous? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like in the town charter, right? You know, every day is going to be gorgeous. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It does tend to be really nice. But I got to say, we've been having some strange um, humidity. But the weather at the beach, oh, my gosh, I went to the beach with my kids this weekend with my daughter and her boyfriend. And it was like the water was amazing. Really? It was like it was so warm. And new, normally here, it's actually colder than back east. Really? The water. The water is for some reason. I don't know. It has something to do with the streams of the oceans from Hmm. whichever sea. But yeah, but it was absolutely gorgeous. But it's so funny as you turned on the music, I'm sitting here dancing. There's something about that song. (laughs) I know. It kind of picks you up, doesn't it? It does. It makes me so happy. It's like I have this really positive association with that music now. It's funny. I I definitely have associations with it because I've been hearing it now for years. But nevertheless, even... Though the fact that I've, I've heard it over and over again, it hasn't really gotten stale or anything. And I think it's because I have such positive associations with doing the show. So I agree. You know, I, I have this feeling like, oh, there's the music. That means I'm about to have something positive, good feeling happening. I think that's what's built it's up true. my nervous system. You know, it's true. And yeah. there's, I don't know. There's just something about the tune. I don't know what it is. It just makes me want to dance. I sit here and do my little dance right before we start. I remember when I was looking for that, I, I mean, there are lots of places you can go online to go find, you know, people who are selling music they've created, you know, that you can use for whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I was trying piece after piece and, you know, snippet after snippet. And, and they were all like, you know, driving rock and roll or they, they were, you know, synthetic violins or, or, or oh, something, yeah. you know, like, you know, something out of uh, Dragnet or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Nothing appropriate. And then I found this one. I was like, annoying. oh, I found it. I found a good one. Hey. It is. It's a great one. I yeah. got to say, you did a good choice on that. Yeah. Yeah. That one worked out really nicely. So no complaints here. <laughs> so I, I guess you had a good weekend. I was going to ask how your weekend is, but I guess you had a good weekend. I did. I did. It was, uh, you know, it's interesting because we're focusing on, you know, improving relationships. Um, Definitely. uh, It's interesting to see how with adult children, how your relationships shift Mm, over time. Sure. And, um, you know, it's funny because I kind of feel like when I first was, when I first had my kids, when they were like teenagers, I had two daughters, they were five years apart and man, they gave me a run for my money when they were teenagers because they were (laughs) Doing, they were doing their job and being annoying and, you know, that's their job teenagers is to are sep- supposed to do. Yeah, that's the teenager's job. Exactly. To yeah. separate and individuate. Exactly. And so they find all your buttons and all that. But yep. somehow I thought, you know, they'd hit their 20s and it would like all smooth out. But it's funny how, you know, everybody has their own personality and their own issues that they bring to the mm-hmm. table. So it's been an ongoing process of finding our place with each other. I mean, we're really close. I love my kids. They're great kids. But finding our place with each other and how we fit with each other has been an ongoing kind of process. Hmm. So interesting. But it was, it ended all great. It was all fine. But I did have a couple talks with my daughter over the weekend. And she is just, 
really good at communicating. So that made it much easier. Oh, that always does make it much, much easier. That's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, overall, that sounds like a good positive experience for the whole weekend. It was. It totally was. And I was thinking about a um, client of mine who actually is dealing with adult uh, kids, her adult children, her adult daughters. And, um, you know, what came up for me was if something's bothering you in a relationship, do you ignore it or do you deal with it? Like if you're going to use the law of attraction approach to things, what would make the most sense, you think? I don't know. You're looking for a general answer, and I'd always look at it in the specifics. So I'm not sure how yeah. to answer your question. I guess it depends. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> it that's does. True. It depends on a lot of factors. I mean, you could have a situation that's generally a really good situation, but it's got one or two things that are kind of driving you nuts, and that would probably dictate, you know, your particular approach to deliberate creation. That's um, true. I, I that's don't know. True. I don't know how to answer your question. I mean, how do you answer well, it? Well, I mean, I think what I've heard Abraham say, which I think is accurate, is, you know, if you can think about other things or ignore it or focus on positive aspects, that that is the way to go initially. But if there's issues that come up repeatedly, then it kind of needs to get dealt with. Mm. Um, You know, I felt like, but then it's like, how do you deal with it? Because I mean, I've got both my counseling and social work background and my coaching background. So it's like, do you take the law of attraction approach or you (laughs) delve into it and how much and all that? You don't want to focus for more than 17 seconds. You get into that whole thing. (laughs) You know, (laughs) there's like all these parameters, like, how do I do this? But, you know, this, this client of mine, she had this issue with her daughter that kept coming up over and over and over again. So I felt like it was worth dealing with. Um, And she, you know, felt that her daughter wasn't really being there for her and was kind of distancing herself from her. And like, she felt like she was always there for them. You know, there's that generational thing, like whose role is what? And as you get older, or as your kids get older, it's finding your place of am I just the mom? Or is there some more of an equal standing in the relationship? And um, she often she felt like she was coming in to help her daughter whenever there was a crisis. But it almost and like she was there to save the day kind of but she kind of made it sound like her daughter couldn't really take care of herself. So, you know, we ended up talking about the whole boundary issue and generations and what what's realistic to expect and what are appropriate expectations with their kids, even when they're adults. And she had this like sudden thought, which I really think was kind of the universe tapping her on the shoulder Mm. that in her own family of origin, her own mother uh, treated her like she couldn't take care of herself (laughs) and made her doubt herself to be self-sufficient. And she was doing the same thing. So, you know, it kind of made her feel a little bummed when she realized she was doing that. But it also made her realize, gosh, you know, now it, it totally shifted her perspective on it. And then the next step was to kind of be like, okay, now we've got that. How do we use law of attraction to shift that? Mm. So I kind of was saying, why not just take that new knowledge and kind of hand that to the universe? Like, okay, this is, I recognize this, but I'm not going to have to worry about the how. So she just kind of handed that over and her part to really was to focus on what she appreciates about her daughter and the ways that her daughter is self-sufficient and how she wants the relationship to be. Because, you know, once you focus on what you're wanting more, that's when you're going to draw more of that. And it was, it seems to be working so far. That's good. That's great. I mean, anytime you make progress is wonderful. And it sounds like overall the, the approach you guys took for her situation really involved what I would say is the right way to do it in general. If I was going to look for a general way, this is probably what I would say. 
that each person owns their own stuff. And as long as both sides are committed to that, everything's going to go right. If only one side is committed to it um, and you're not that side, then you got to change your stuff. And if you're committed to it, but the other side isn't into it, well, then then you can try doing some deliberate creation and hopefully your vibration will influence the other. But you got to be ready for the fact that they just may not be willing to take care of their stuff. And that can right. be tough as a parent. That can be tough as That's a child true. of a parent. It can be tough either way. I had that with my mom. I mean, <laughs> I, I actually did do uh, nine months of therapy. And mm-hmm. I did it because at the time of my life, I was very, very frustrated with my own um, personal um, intimate relationships. Um, Good for the- you, because I'm telling you, for a lot of people, especially guys, it's kind of like, ah, it makes me weak by doing that. But I applaud you for doing that because it can really make a big difference. Well, I was kind of at a point where I had to because uh, when I talk about my intimate relationships, I mean, there weren't any. <laughs> so I was trying to figure yeah. out what was going on. And uh, the, the therapist actually came to the conclusion that it wasn't me. <laughs> it was the people I was talking to um, that, that I was interacting with. In fact, uh, there was one woman I was seeing at the time, kind of on a friend basis. Um, I wanted it to go further. I wasn't sure where she wanted to go with it. And come to find out, my friend was being a bit manipulative in ways I wasn't even aware of. And my therapist picked oh. up on it and called her in and chewed her out for it, <laughs> which was wow. interesting. But uh, anyway, one of the things that happened during that nine-month period was my therapist, of course, is trying to find out all about my family background and so forth. And she's asking mm-hmm. me questions about my mom. And I, I wasn't trying to be evasive or anything, but every time that she would ask a question about my mom, well, does she fit this category? Does she fit that category? Is she like this? She, I mean, she never fit any categories. And mm. it, what, what it really comes down to is my mom is really good at not fitting categories, deliberately so. She, mm. she, she will make sure that she doesn't fall into any of the boxes of this is a problem, that is a problem. You'll never be able to pin her down on anything, but she never fits any That's box. Interesting. Oh wow. yeah, she's she's quite a different human being to say the least. But uh, that can also complicate the relationship. And mm-hmm. what I I mean that was actually how I learned pretty early on the importance of my stuff is my stuff and her stuff is her stuff. Because if I mm-hmm. hadn't learned that, I probably would have been in a mental institute. <laughs> That's yeah. how crazy it was. <laughs> Yeah, but, it's true. That is a big thing to learn. It's a yeah. really huge thing to learn. Yeah, it's very, very big. But it's also very empowering because once you learn that, yeah. you know, that actually made it easier for me when it came time to learn how to be a deliberate creator, how to apply the law of attraction. Um, mm-hmm. And specifically, it helped me with uh, my, my biggest struggle at first was believing that I could move the emotional needle because I thought I was completely dependent upon whatever happened to me to, you know, create my emotional state. The Mm -hmm. idea of me moving it just seemed incredulous. Like, no, that, that doesn't work. That doesn't happen. But the fact that I had learned so well with my mom, how to say my stuff is my stuff and her stuff is her stuff that actually helped so that my wonderful wife who was helping me at the time to, uh, try to make the breakthrough, um, Mm -hmm. When, when she was helping me, she, she didn't, we didn't have to really mess around with, well, which stuff is my stuff. I was already there. I was ready to, to embrace that part. I just, just didn't know how to take the steps. And so she right. just guided me down some steps. And within, I guess, from a broader perspective, it was a relatively short period of time. From my perspective, it was like years. But, <laughs> <laughs> but from the broader perspective, it was actually fairly quick that I started to pick up, okay, this is how you move the needle. 
And mm-hmm. I, I, I basically attribute a lot of that to the fact that I had learned that very important boundary of my stuff is my stuff pretty early on. And, so, it, you know, it is. It's freeing. It to is. just have to focus on your stuff. Mm. Oh, I yeah. mean, we can't really affect anybody else's stuff anyway, right? It's all their stuff. Well, but, I do like what Abraham tells us about that because I never thought you really could. But Abraham does make the argument that if you are in a what they call the high vibrational place, that really, really good feeling place, your thoughts and intentions actually can positively impact another if they are in receptive mode. And I had never really considered that possibility. So when I heard about that, I said, well, that's pretty cool. I didn't know I could do that, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. And it doesn't matter, you know, the thing that also I find freeing is the how piece, the pace that the universe does the how. Yeah, it took like, me a while on that need... one. <laughs> well, I, and it's I still a challenge. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's continually a growth process, you know. But I think that um, just being able to raise our own vibration, that mm. alone, just being able to have some effect on that and know that you really can mm. is huge. Yep. Huge, yeah. I was, I was any... thinking of it. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, you first. Um, I was thinking that, you know, one of the, I was listening to an Abe thing this morning and they were saying doing the work from the inside out Mm -hmm. rather than changing the action, like Mm, letting, not letting the condition control your vibration, but Mm -hmm. change the vibration and the condition will change, which is exactly what you're talking about. Right, right. And then what that does, of course, is draws more conditions that are lined up with that, that you want. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about a client that I had, um, who was a massage therapist who was just starting her practice. And uh, she just had like a couple clients. Uh, She was trying to attract new clients and she would wait, you know, to kind of try this little exercise until right after she gave a massage, because at that point when they gave her money, she was like, wow, they're paying me to do massages. I can't believe it. She was like so excited about it. (laughs) That's nice. And she'd call her mom and her mom would say, because her mom was a real law of attraction person. And she'd say, okay, honey, so what types of clients do you want to attract? Mm -hmm. And because she was in that good place, they would kind of fantasize about the clients. Oh, nice. So I don't know if you're familiar. Are you familiar with Rancho Santa Fe in California at all? No, not really. Well, it's kind of like the wealthiest area of of San Diego. Walk around, you drive around. It's a lot of like movie stars and things like that over there. And you mm, okay. drive through, and it's absolutely gorgeous. It looks kind of like um, a. It sort of looks like horsey, like little, like it looks like it's a rural kind of, not really rural, but I don't even know how to explain it. There's no sidewalks. There's yep. lots of trees. It's kind of understated. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, when I first moved here, one of the, we were looking for a house. And what I found about San Diego, given the real estate prices, was you kind of drive through a neighborhood and go, oh, this is kind of a cute neighborhood. And whenever you thought that, it was like way out of your price <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> but anyway, so she'd be driving through Rancho Santa Fe. She was also doing um, pet sitting to supplement her income at the time. And when she was driving through these windy, beautiful roads with the huge gates and then the long driveways to, mm. to the big houses that were hidden in the trees, yeah. um, she would imagine the buzzer on the intercom sounding. And, the, and basically, she'd be having a conversation with the person through the intercom. And they'd say, hi, so glad to see you. Come on in and we're ready for our massage. Mm-hmm. And she'd think about going up the driveway and getting in and giving the massage and then leaving with like $100 bills filling her pockets. Nice. And she'd repeat that sort of on the way back and forth um, throughout the day, throughout that whole day. She went to her pet sitting appointment in the middle. She said she went to her cat or the cat that she was pet sitting for and started talking to the cat all about it. I mean, just having a listening. <laughs> That's great. You know, kind of like, Oh, I'm so excited. 
And that evening, that same night, she had a friend call her who referred her to a new client in Rancho Santa Fe. And they had a family visiting. They wanted five massages. Ooh. That I know. And she ended up developing a really close relationship. She focused a lot on the relationships of the clients, having an open heart and a loving relationship. And it was a super cool family, just as she imagined. And she ended up giving massages to their families and friends whenever they'd come in town that summer for like 40 massages throughout the summer. Wow. I know. And it was kind of the start of her really building her practice. Yeah. The more you feel excited about it, the more clients you get. And she has like this huge practice now with these great clients. So good for her. Yeah, it's kind of hopeful. It is. You know, yeah. When you're just starting stuff out. Yeah, well, we need stories like that. I mean, we all need them. They're they're um, ear candy in a sense. <laughs> they're, exactly. They're, they're the things that that uh, help us, you know, realize that yes, this stuff really does work. That's what the book that we put out. That's what that does too. It helps us realize yes, this stuff really does work. It really is effective. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need that kind of reminder. That that's really great. That's good. Yeah, it's cool. This morning I was uh, I, I I don't remember exactly how I got into it, but um, in, I think it just in general I have been not as happy with uh, how high my my vibrations have been. I mean, most of the time I'm I'm fairly good, but there have been times where I've kind of slipped, and I I wanted to shift that. I wanted to to get out of the slump, so to speak. Because mm-hmm. it felt like I was in a slump a bit, and I was I was you know putting out we all rec- we all hit those we all hit time. them yeah and I and I w- I was putting out messages like you know hey I need a little help how do I do this I'm not quite sure what you know what am I what do I need to do different from my usual thing that I'm doing and woke up this morning with the idea about um, uh, what they call it, EFT the uh, the tapping thing which I've never really oh. been into I've never been into tapping at all um, uh-huh. and in fact. Uh, this morning. I know, me too. I've I've heard stuff about it. It sounds great, and I've kind of tried it, but I haven't done it full on. So I'm kind of where you are with that. Well, I, actually, I, I had negative associations on it. I and mm. I, I discovered that this morning. I, I knew that I I was kind of turned off about it, but I didn't know why. This morning, I realized it's because when you tap a tap, in a sense, you could describe that as a very mild hit. You're hitting yourself, oh. and I didn't like that. Now, do you have to hit yourself hard? Absolutely not. But the point is, that's the association I had. I said, well, no wonder I haven't put any effort into it. I didn't want to. Who wants to go about hitting themselves, right? That's the way I was associating it. And so I thought about it a little bit. And and you know how it is when you're awakened. You just awoke in the morning. It's fairly early. You aren't quite ready to get up. But, you know, you're you're in a fairly conscious state, but you're also in half-dream state. And you're you're fairly suggestible. And, you know, you're pretty much Mm -hmm. open to things and so forth. And ideas started to come. One of the ideas that came to my mind was, well, it's all based on... What I think they call the meridians, you know, kind of like the acupuncture, acupuncture stuff. Okay. Well, exactly. what would happen if I used touch instead of tapping? Touch, I can like that. I enjoy the idea mm-hmm. of touch. Mm-hmm. And so I got up, came into the office, and looked up. You know, I did a search on Google for one of those places that has a map showing you, okay, here's all the different points. I said, okay, let's try them. So I went through the points one at a time and just touched. And in some cases, gave a little bit of massage and so forth. And it doesn't take very long. I guess you're supposed to do it two or three times. I did it one time through. And then I kind of took stock and I actually felt a little bit better. I wow, said, that is cool. Well, that's nice. I, I could perhaps get used to this. And then a little later in the day, what was I doing? Oh, I was out in my walk. 
something normally my walks are really good there was something that was distracting me in a negative way and i just wanted to kind of give myself a little boost so i tried again while i was walking and gave me that nice little boost it wasn't we're not talking about a major shift here it's not like i went from depression to joy it was more like going from you know optimism to positivity you know so just like a little tiny improvement there but it was an improvement and yeah, so but I'm that's thinking, huge. You well, know, that's and I think it's more realistic to have those expectations that it's just going to go up a little bit because if you're in that negative thought, negative momentum thing, yeah, yeah, you know, we're a, not going to take that huge leap. But it's great to have that tool. I should, all right, I need to give that a try again. I think. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing is it's it's quick, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like it's going to take a whole lot of time to weave it into the daily routine. It's it, you know, you you can do the whole thing in a minute, really. Mm-hmm. So I want to give it a try for a while. Yeah, it always helps to have little tools. Oh, yeah. Tools and tips. Tools and tips to help. Yep. Helps a lot. Now, the real question, of course, is what are the, which of these tools do you use in relationships? Because that's the topic for the day, right? How do you right. how, how do you deal with relationships? How do you improve upon them? How do you apply the law of attraction with relationships? Exactly. Exactly. Well, I was um, thinking about this uh my same client who was actually in um, that same one that I was talking about before, she was on a board for some, some sort of board of director type thing. And uh, she had a woman that she had initially a good relationship with, but began to, uh, this woman began to get super negative and controlling on the board. And no matter how many solutions they tried to come up with, she was refusing to try anything. And the tip that she tried was to remember back to how like she would ignore that part of it, of those feelings, but focus instead on how she she would remember back to how she felt before she changed and before the woman had become more negative and remember how she used to joke, joke with her and she got more centered about it and stuff like that. And it helped her to kind of focus on that. But actually the woman ended up quitting the boards. That I guess. Yeah. Well, actually, it makes me wonder. She that, that is there a connection there? Because we know that the law of attraction drives everything. Mm-hmm. You were describing how she was uh, looking at her prior relationship with a woman in a very positive way, probably hoping to have a positive influence on it, and perhaps even to shift her relationship um, in some unexpected ways. Well, she got an unexpected way. The woman left the board. Exactly. She didn't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah. So I'm thinking one may have led to the other. Mm -hmm. I was actually listening also to this. um, I mean, I'm I'm a total Abraham addict. I'm telling you, I listen to it every (laughs) single day. I just love it because it makes me feel so happy. Um, That's a good reason. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I was listening to this other one recently and they were, Abraham was talking about um, one of the options to deal with relationships is following the path of least resistance, which may be like leaving or firing the person. If it's like an employee or something Mm -hmm. like that. Oh yeah. Um, You know, saying that it's kind of okay to remove yourself from unwanted conditions. If that's going to help your vibration to begin to change. And um, this guy was talking about a, an employee he had who was just doing a really terrible job and, um, and, and Abraham kind of talked him through it, looking at using the path of least resistance, um, but kind of took it a step further. And um, at each step, he, you know, Abraham would kind of ask, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And they would walk through the decision-making process as to whether or not he should fire this employee. And at each step, Abraham would say, which is the path of least resistance? 
And how would you feel if you did this? Because it was all just based on what's it going to make you feel. So the path of least resistance being, if you take a step and it's making you feel better, that's the path of least resistance. If you mm-hmm. take a step and it makes you feel worse, it's not. Mm-hmm. So they were. T- he was talking about how if the person wasn't there to do the job, he'd kind of be relieved, but then would also worry about who was going to do the job. So then he'd think about hiring somebody, but then he felt guilty about firing the other person. And Abraham was saying, if you feel guilty while you're in and you're in that vibration, the new person you hire is going to just be like that last person. True. So the bottom line being, it's all about that alignment and getting aligned and then taking action. Yeah, that's one thing that uh, other co-hosts and I have kind of lamented. Isn't it so annoying? It's always about getting an alignment first. <laughs> I know it is annoying. It's like, can't we just have that condition change yeah, right. and then I'll feel better? <laughs> It's true. We're so really used to true. being influenced by conditions. We don't. We're, we're not used to this idea that we set the conditions with our mood, with our mood rather, yeah. with with our and, emotional you know, state. It's true, and they, you know, Abraham calls it sloppy thinking mm-hmm. because you know it's easier. I find that my tendency is to just kind of get lazy with my thinking if I'm not actually focusing on feeling better. And you can kind of go down the rabbit hole. Oh yeah. But if we stop and kind of focus on any next better feeling thought that we can or pivoting away or one of the many processes in the back of the book ask and it is given um it can really help it's funny that you mentioned the story of uh, a guy who had a, a, a bad employee he was trying to decide whether to fire because we actually went through that we had to let oh, somebody wow. go recently within the last month and oh wow interesting thing that happened is that leading up to it well f- first she got fired twice <laughs> The first, oh, what? The first time she got fired, but she got fired without any documented good cause. So, oh. I mean, I I mean, I couldn't stand behind that one. I said, no, 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 we can't do that. We have to do this the right way. You know, let, let's what we have here basically is an insufficient system because we're, we don't even know exactly what happened. So you know, we got to put a better system in place. So we kept her on. There's all those. There's all those laws. Those pesky laws that you got to follow. Huh? Well, it wasn't even following the law, although that was certainly following the law. It was more like this isn't the right way to treat somebody. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Which that, is that nice has that vibration. You thought of it that way. Well, because it, a lot of it has a don't. vibration. It has a vibration, and if you don't treat somebody right, it ends up affecting your vibration. It that's, totally does. That's the way I was looking at. It. So I, I didn't see we really had a choice. And so we kept her and we were trying to work with her and trying to help her improve and so forth. And she actually got worse. Oh, boy. (laughs) She actually got worse. And she became defensive and defiant about it. And when the day finally Uh, came to let her go, um, basically, it was all our fault. And we we were terrible people and so forth. Well, actually, I felt much better when when she said that because I knew it wasn't true. I knew I treated her right. I I had been her defender. And I was like, it gave you clarity. Oh, I had a lot of clarity. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, plus she made it really easy, too, because um, Louise kind of put a, um, there was one particular day, it was actually the day, or the day before, she put a, a, a gauntlet down saying, look, for the next week, we don't want, we, we want you to be um, getting everything right, no mistakes, just, you know, no major mistakes, minor mistakes we can live with, no major mistakes, you know. So what does she do? She responds by saying, I'm taking the next two days off. Oh, so, so she made I mean, it really easy to fire her. I mean, that was just so easy. <laughs> well, see, I mean, seriously, the universe totally gave you clarity on that. Yeah, that was real quick. <laughs> and worked it all out. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, it's funny because a lot of times I think about, you know, using the law of attraction and um, making it so that I can make myself happier or my situation, my conditions better by using that. Um, it doesn't always, ha- it doesn't always happen in a straight line. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always happen in, even in the way that you expect it to happen. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter because as long as you get the final result of feeling happier, the details don't really even matter. Well, there's also some more fallout that comes from this, which is kind of interesting because oh, okay. after she left, um, she was a sales rep. And of course, sales reps are very much involved in every project that comes along that they're involved, you know, that they help bring into the door. Um, right. It's your face of the company. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And the, the mistakes that she made tended to be financial and Uh-oh. expensive. And after she left, there were more financial mistakes that kept popping up every few days. Like, oh, my God, there's another one. Oh, my God, there's another one. Wow. Oh, my God, there's another one. <laughs> and so it has actually become a test to see how well can we weather you know, the fact that these, these, these financial errors that cost us money keep popping up that we didn't know about. Oh, boy. And we just had another so one. Had one. We just had no. another one just five minutes ago before we started doing the podcast. Well, actually, half an hour ago <laughs> before we started oh, doing the no. podcast. Yeah, there was oh. another one. And, and poor Louise is having a meltdown about it. And I'm saying, well, you know, um, don't stay there. She says, I know. I just need to have it and then I'll be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Deal with it and then you can move on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, it's amazing how all the different ways that the law of attraction plays a role because clearly there was a major role going on there. And that role produced a bunch of negative consequences that we don't we didn't like, but on the other hand, it really reinforced. Boy, are we glad that she's gone because we're eventually going to run out of them. I mean, she only had so many um, new clients that she had brought in during that last month, and we pretty much finished doing all the stuff for them. I don't think there are any left that we don't know about yet. So wow. eventually, yeah. you run out of of vibrations, right? You end up right. you, you you run out of the negative things happening, and so I think that particular spiral has run its course. Well, and then you never know what's a positive that could even come from that down the line. I, I think mean, there's if you a guys lot. can line up with feeling so relieved about her being gone and not having to deal with it anymore, it may bring in a whole windfall of stuff that you're not even expecting. Well, I know of one I can point to right now. Because um, what our sales reps do, our, the business is a gardening services business. So mm-hmm. um, the sales rep is going out talking to a residential, usually a homeowner, and uh, talking about what work they need in their gardens and then giving them an estimate and, you know, one step after another until we, we sign them up as a customer. And the estimating process is where the former sales rep used to really trip up a lot. That's why we had so many of these financial gaffes. Mm-hmm. Well, we also have a second person who was newer than the one we let go of, who in part because of what happened with the first one, she's like, you know, terrified with intent about making sure there are no mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> And plus, oh. now there's more pressure on her because she's the only one, right? So yeah. I was thinking, okay, how can I take pressure off of her? And what I ended up doing was hiring a um, a programmer. I actually have a programming background, but in this case, I just wanted somebody else to do it just because I, I needed somebody who had this particular skill set that was associated mm-hmm. with this project who could just bang it out. And I found somebody, and he banged it right out. But we basically created what we call our gardener's estimating calculator. And it mm. takes all of our different services, applies labor hours and various materials, you know, mulch, compost, all that kind of stuff with prices and delivery costs and purchasing costs, and all this stuff, builds them into a calculator. And all the sales rep has to do is say, okay, one hour of weeding, one hour of cleanup, 
one hour of edging, you know, and just plug them all in, or maybe one to two hours because we can actually do it in a range. And then at, at the end, it tells the the sales rep what it costs to do that particular bed, so they can do a real quick estimate right on the fly. There. Wow, what a relief that must be! Oh for yeah, her. yeah, and, I, and so I had that built and gave it to the new sales rep, and you should see the relief on her face the, the first day I gave it to her. Like, oh, thank goodness, <laughs> <laughs> because they were having to do it manually up until that point. Wow, know? and of course when that you do it like... manually, that's when you get all the mistakes, and that that was happening with the previous sales rep. So I was thinking, okay, here's a way to remove the mistakes. And take some pressure off. And sure enough, everybody's mood is picked up. Oh, that's the, cool. The combination of the old sales rep being gone. She she was definitely a divisive force in a number of ways. Mm. And the calculator for the new sales rep, everybody has calmed down. I mean, the entire organization is just feeling calm. They've told me so. They said, oh, so, things are so much better now. <laughs> that's great. It's yeah. amazing how one person can have such an influence. Well, more precisely have- how, how one change, one change in thought process, because that's really what it right. was. Right. It was one change in thought process. And then yeah. you've got the positive upswing momentum. Exactly. Yeah. And then you kind of wonder, maybe she was putting in her vortex that she didn't want to work anymore. <laughs> you never I, know. I, I, I won't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> I just we won't, won't even go it. there. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, I, I, I just left, the way I left it in my mind, even though she, she was unhappy with the way the whole thing ended, the way I put it in my mind was, I wish her nothing but well. I wish her a completely happy future. I hope she finds um, her next position to be even better than the one that she had with us. And I just wish her well. And that's a great way to approach it. And, and it's interesting because... Um, when you, uh, you know, some relationships are better if you, the path of least resistance is to leave, mm-hmm. let's say in the divorce or something mm-hmm. like that. So then how do you change your vibration around if there's residual feelings to turn that into a positive where you are able to wish them well? Which is really important because if you don't, you're going to just hire the next employee, employee in the same kind of situation. You're just going to reiterate it. You bring yourself with you, Right. Right. So I, I would have just been bringing the same old energy with me as, you know, happened with the first employee. Yep. Well, I yep. don't need that. <laughs> well, and it's the same in a divorce. You know, I'm mm-hmm. just thinking like um, I've dealt with a lot of people who have gone through divorce and, uh, you know, there's a lot of times a lot of betrayal or a lot of residual feelings that are left or anger or whatever from that past relationship. And, um you know, so how, like, actually this past month I had my, um, you know, I do the meetup, the North County Law of Attraction meetup, and um, we focused on how to attract your soulmate uh, easily by using Law of Attraction without struggle. Mm-hmm. And um, we talked about how, you know, if you are leaving a past relationship and you've got all that negative feelings that are still wrapped up in that, that's what you're going to keep attracting. And how can we shift that so that that person can come into your life that's going to be matching a higher vibration? Obviously, it's by raising your own. Mm-hmm. Um, but one way to deal with that past relationship and to, to clear out some of those uh, negative feelings might be focusing on any positive aspects of that past relationship that you can. Mm-hmm. Sure. And maybe writing a list of the things that you actually do appreciate about that person or things that ways that they helped you to grow or the fact that you got good kids out of it or, you know, whatever. It's interesting. uh, You mentioned soulmate 
And we actually, mm-hmm. Tom and I actually talked about that in the morning podcast a little bit. Oh, wow. And I want to ask you something because I expressed an opinion and I'm curious to see what you think about the opinion. I expressed mm-hmm. the opinion that I don't like the idea of a soulmate. And the reason I don't like the idea of a soulmate is that implicit in that idea is that there's really only one ideal person for you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I see that I see that as a perspective of lack. Well, and Abraham has said exactly that, that um, there are so many possible people that could work with you. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't have to be just that one person, because you're right. If you think, oh, my gosh, there's that one person. How do I find that needle in the haystack? Mm-hmm. How am I ever going to find them? Because if there's just one, that's a huge, you know, it, it sets up the odds against you finding that person or them finding you. It also sets up some unrealistic expectations, which I've seen um, in Facebook posts, people saying, oh, I found my soulmate and it didn't work out. Oh, my God, my life is ending. What do I go? What am I going to do? Right. Like there could never be anybody. else. There could never be anybody else. Yeah. My life is over. Mm -hmm. Wow. And and they talk about it is it's a huge pressure. And they talk about how really um, like even what that brings up for me, I'm thinking about how when a lot of times you hear about you know, they have courses on how do you find your soulmate and those types of things. And they talk about putting right. like together a list of all the qualities that you want. Which my wife did, by the way. <laughs> did and it I, work? I matched it perfectly. Wow. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. She so, pulled it out one day shortly after we met and, and I haven't seen it since then, but uh, went down the list and I was thinking, oh my God, that could have been me. <laughs> and I bet you anything that when she did that list, since it worked, she was in a really high vibration and feeling really hopeful and not doubtful. She actually did it as part of her um, pursuit of her master's degree to become a psychotherapist. Oh. It was one of the classes. They asked her to to do exactly that, and she did it, and she put it away. It was like years later that she met me. That's what made it so weird. Oh. It wasn't something that where she did it, and then I immediately showed up. I showed up like 12 years later or something like that. She put out that that order to the universe and it got delivered. Now you got, you got delivered. <laughs> I got delivered. Yeah. Now there was also more to the story because six months before we met, she had a cat named shadow who she'd had for 16, 17 years, something like that. And shadow died. And mm. shortly after that, within a month or two after that, one of her coworkers asked her if she was going to get another cat. And without even thinking, she said, no, I'm going to get a husband. <laughs> Interesting. Ah! <laughs> and a few months later, she meets me through a friend who works at the uh, the family service unit that she worked at. <laughs> oh my god! So how do you about, how do you feel about being a cat replacement? <laughs> well, Shadow was apparently a pretty special cat, so I, I'm not going to look at that askance. I, I'm going to say that's a good thing. It is a good thing. She probably really loved that cat. She did. He was an amazing cat. He he was an alarm Aww. cat. There aren't many What's alarm cats happen? in the world. What's an alarm cat? You you set the cat to whatever time you want to wake up, and the cat wakes you up at that time. Oh, you're kidding. I'm not kidding. Wow. <laughs> she would turn to the cat and say, Shadow, I need to wake up tomorrow at 7.30, and he'd wake her up at 7.30 or 7.25. Wow. Oh, no, tomorrow I need to sleep in, or, or tomorrow I have to be up early, so you know, wake me up at 6, and he'd wake her up at 6. <laughs> I should have tried that with my cat. That's crazy. <laughs> an alarm cat. I've never heard of that before. That is, I've never heard of that either. I've never heard of that either. I actually lost my cat this year. She was 20 years old. Mm. Best cat ever. But it was time. You mm-hmm. know how you sort of can sense that it's just sort of time. And, and I sort of picture her as going off to have that next fun adventure. Sure. In that next life, whatever that is. But, you know, but the soulmate list, the thing that I was thinking about that also is that, 
you know, rather than, I mean, it's, it's, if you can do a list like that, it makes you feel really good. Then go for the list. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's the key right there. Yep. But if it makes you doubtful or don't do it, don't go there. Find them or whatever. Yeah. Don't do it. Cause it's not going to work. It's going to work to the opposite. Exactly. It'll produce the wrong result. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. That feeling thing. Uh, I, I had a communication with a guy online who um, he posted on Facebook that he w- he was a student of the law of attraction. I got the feeling he hadn't been doing it really long, but he was mm-hmm. trying to restore his hearing. And I asked him why his hearing. How did he lose his hearing? He he was a bass player oh, in a metal I read band. this in your I read this in your post. You did morning. okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was perfect for me, as you saw, because I was a guitarist. So we had that in common. We had that background in common. Mm-hmm. And I and I've also um, had some hearing loss. My my right ear is fine. My left ear, um, the high end, the really high end stuff, I don't get anymore. I, I can still hear okay. It's just that the you know if somebody is playing music, the the very high end of that music, I don't really hear well. Um, Interesting. Mm-hmm. And he was really distraught because apparently his hearing has deteriorated despite trying to use affirmations. And. Yeah. My response to him was, "How did you feel during the affirmations?" <laughs> and the, his exactly. response was, "Oh, well, you know, I hadn't really thought of that. It's a good point." Yeah, exactly. And it was funny because when he first I saw in the beginning of the post, he, he was saying he was sounding really like dis- distraught. Yeah, and oh, like yeah. sorry to give out this negative stuff, but I don't even know where else to begin. Mm-hmm. The, you know, I just I'm just going to throw it out there and see what happens. And by the end of the post, he sounded like so appreciative and relieved, like, oh, yeah, there's something I can do about this. Yeah. Well, it's like I told him, we musicians have to stick together. So <laughs> it gave him a mm-hmm. sense of, you know, there's a there's a brother out there who's um, you know been through the same kind of thing. Actually, I, I didn't even tell him the whole of it because my hearing is actually in pretty good shape. I, I am blind in one eye. I have macular oh, wow. degeneration. I, I like to say I have macular regeneration, but um, <laughs> the doctors will say I have macular degeneration. So in my left eye, I don't have any straight ahead vision, which means I'm effectively blind in that eye. But the way I look at it is, oh, and, and um, there, are, there are two different kinds. They, one's called the dry kind. The other one's the wet kind. The I dry kind is mean. the better one. The wet kind is the worst. Of course, I have the wet kind. So Is that, is that the worst kind? That's the worst kind, yes. Mm. That's the kind where, where you're going to go blind. Oh, and I don't believe it. Right. I was going to say, maybe not. I just don't believe it. Now, there's a, um, there are some vitamins that you can use for the dry kind. They don't have anything for the wet kind, but they have vitamins that you can use for the dry kind. So I've been taking those vitamins for the last, I don't know, 10 years, something like that. And I've been hurt. trying to apply my belief about the law of attraction and just getting myself into that good feeling place. And every time I'm there, or almost every time, especially if I'm out doing a walk or something, I am just appreciating the hell out of the fact that I can see in that right eye. That that's exactly what's going to get you there too. Exactly, and it's working because my my eyesight has not only stabilized; I think it's actually slightly improved a little bit. Wow, that yeah. is really cool. I, I mean, you know, I, can't, I can't prove I was, that, but I, I'm pretty sure it has. Seems like it has. Yeah, and if, and if you believe it has, then that's what's going to help you feel better and better. At the very least, I'm appreciating it more, and and maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm just experiencing the appreciation of it, so I, I just notice it more. I I love the mm-hmm. fact that I can. I can still see color. I can still see shapes. I can still see everything. You know, I Absolutely. don't. I don't have perfect vision. I mean, I, I know that there are signs of it in in my right eye, according to what I uh, you know the last time that they you know looked in with the, the the scope that they have and so forth. But nevertheless, and I'm aware of them. I, I mean, I, I can tell that my vision isn't always great. I notice it most when I'm looking at very very small text. The small text has a tendency to not always be there really good. It's kind of it's almost like it fades in fades out. 
Um, mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. as long as the, the text isn't really too small, I'm fine. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so most of the time I can see just fine. I can drive fine. You know, I can't, I'm not allowed to drive a tractor trailer, but I don't really want to. So that works out okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's funny. I remember when I first heard the secret, I don't know if you remember Rhonda, who was the, the narrator. Rhonda Byrne. Um, yeah. The one who put it all together. Yeah. She said that she actually shifted her vision. I think from, I did hear that. Yes. From needing reading glasses to not needing reading glasses. Mm, right. Yes. I would love to do that. Well, it reminds yeah. me of a study that was done by a professor, one of the first professors of positive psychology at Harvard University. And I mm -hmm. can't remember what her last name was. Her first name was Ellen. And back in the late 1970s, she did a study that I've talked about a number of times here on the podcast that just blew my mind. Um, it's actually a study that got a lot of uh, pushback from others in her field. But what she did was she got together a group of men in their 60s and 70s. And she got them to agree to go through a battery of tests and then to volunteer um, to live in a controlled place for a week. And she would do testing before and after. And she had a placebo, not placebo, she had a test group and, uh, the, and the, um, the control group. And... Mm -hmm. She put them through every single physical test you can think of to put them through to, you know, that might in some way be, be related to age. And mm -hmm. then she divided them up into two groups. The uh, control group, they just did whatever they wanted in this facility for a week. The second group, they did whatever they wanted, but they all wore badges that had their pictures and their pictures were from 20 years before. So this is the late 70s. So they had pictures mm -hmm. from the 50s. Oh, wow. And up on the wall was like a picture of President Eisenhower. And they were like Time and Life magazines oh, from the nineteen fifties. Wow. They were putting the, yeah. she was putting them back into the place of being that like they were still living in the fifties. Wow. She she took her test before and afterward and found that after one week of of acting and believing like they were in their fifties, their strength improved, their um, agility improved. I mean, the whole range of physical skills That's improved, wild. and their eyesight improved by an average of ten percent. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And it was the eyesight that really got me because I mean, I can kind of see how, you know, through some positive um, feeling, you, you could get yourself to be more agile, more loose and more limber. You, you, I can see that, but eyesight. Wow. That's pretty that's good. Pretty that is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. There was also another thing I was remembering just, I mean, I don't know, we're getting on this eyesight topic, but it's yeah. kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, was thinking about this time when Abraham said that Esther was at the DMV to take her uh, driving exam mm -hmm. and forgot her glasses oh, dear. and, and couldn't read. I couldn't read it and also couldn't pass the eye exam. Right. And he asked Abraham to see for her. <laughs> is that crazy? And it worked. That is funny. She passed the eye exam and she could read the exam. I mean, isn't that wild? That is crazy. Wow. It's hard to believe. <laughs> So, so I'm curious in, in, in your relationship um, or your relationships, either friends or, or with Louise or whatever, do you find that you tend to uh, actively work on focusing on the positive aspects of it? Or how, how do you make your relationships work? Using oh, I've, well, I've learned more and more the importance of that. And in the last couple of years, particularly this year um, with the gardener business, because that has been a, a big uh suck up of all of our time for Louise and I and attention and, and lots of little crises and so forth. So I've had lots of opportunities, let's put it that way, to practice 
do I want to focus on the positive aspects or do I just want to fall into the negative like everybody else? Mm -hmm. And I've been deliberately focusing on the positives, often with little assistance. <laughs> yeah. mean, the, the others weren't <laughs> necessarily there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially when we had that other sales rep there, I mean, everybody was upset. Everybody was upset. And I, I was looking for positives all over the place. Oh, no, everything's going to be fine, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they're saying, oh, yeah, 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 right. You're, <laughs> so, like, you're like holding up the team at I, that I was pretty much, yeah, that was pretty much it. But interestingly, after we let her go, everybody just snapped right into everything's great. Interesting. Yeah. So, well, and because you set that tone. You set that tone. I think that was part of it. They also had to be receptive to it. That, that's right. the thing that I really pay attention to about the way Abraham explains it, that you can influence somebody else, but you can't control them. And what that right. means is if you get yourself into that good feeling place at any moment that they're in a receptive uh, mode to that good feeling place, then you are helping them. You are basically sharing energy to them. You're reinforcing, you're supporting them in the best possible way, which mm -hmm. is really the only good way to influence anyway. So that's the way I looked at it. And indeed, when they were, when the others who were involved in the company were not in that good feeling place, nothing really good was happening. But I just kept putting out the, the good stuff so that when one shift happened, that, that in their minds, that was the, the difference maker, they just snapped. That was the way I looked at it. They snapped right into feel good mode. So they wow. were, the receptive just kind of pulled them in, sucked them in because they were ready for it at that point. Exactly. You had that momentum going in that yeah. way. So they yeah. Interesting. So I can't say I'm an expert at it, but that's that's what my experiments have shown like me so far. It sounds like you use it a lot, though, in your life. Well, I'm trying to, to use it more and more, and yeah. I, I, my goal is to use it all the time, and mm -hmm. my goal is to live in that that high vibration, high flying disc all the time. Exactly. I never did understand that idea of a disc. Why a disc? I never got that one. I don't know. I think she talked to, or he, they <laughs> yeah, talked right. about that. They, they um, envisioned it that, you know, they've tried to describe the vortex or all these different things, the grid in so many different ways, trying to make it so that everybody could kind of, if one person didn't understand one way, they might understand another way and seeing what resonated with people that made it easy to understand. Mm -hmm. And I think the disc was about the fact that things are, always in motion. Oh, okay. And so it was like spinning, like a spinning disc. Okay. And the old term for vortex was that spinning ticks disc. It was mm -hmm. kind of like you had all that stuff in the disc and it here was spinning, spinning, spinning. And you can only get stuff out of there if you're lying, if you're on the disc. I see. Okay. Well, Louise, like when you're in the vortex. Louise and I went to our very first Abraham workshop this year. We went in May. Oh, did you? Yeah. I came, came to Connecticut and we went and, uh, it was enjoyable. I mean, it was relatively, I, I felt like I really am an expert because it was all so simplistic compared to how much I've been studying, but it was kind I of know, fun isn't that too. Interesting? But, yeah, but I did, you realize how much you really do know. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's really good. And, and I also uh, realized that now I understand where the vortex is. <laughs> because where is it? it's always to Esther's right. She, whenever she talks about the vortex, she points to the wreck and, and, and she, she spins her, her hand and in a circle yeah. there. So, so uh -huh. she basically it's a washing machine to the right of her. <laughs> <laughs> so if you really want to get in the vortex, run up on stage. That's and right. <laughs> kind of like over the rainbow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I've, um, they actually had the Abraham, um, 
thing here last week, or I think it was this past weekend on mm-hmm. Saturday okay. in San Diego. Yeah. Um, I've been to a couple of them in the past. Um, you know, one of them I got to go. The first one I went to, I got to free because remember I met them. Yeah, yeah, that was a great story. Get to go. That was really cool. But um, I've also gone on their a couple of their trips. Mm. I went to um, the Caribbean cruise. Uh-huh. And that was really cool. Um, one thing I found that was kind of an interesting side thing is, is they were saying that a lot of people, and this happened to me, you get home, you're in this high fine place, and then you kind of crash <laughs> yeah. because you can't, it's very difficult to kind of maintain that all the time. Mm-hmm. And because you have such strong feelings, your vibration is so high that anything compared to that is going to feel like, ah, you know, and the more sensitive we become to our feelings and to feeling good, the more aware we're going to become when we're not in that vortex, the more we're going to really feel it and be aware of it. I think that's true. I think that's part of the reason why I've really been so committed in my own life to getting into and staying in that, that really good feeling place as much as possible, because Mm -hmm. I know how hard it is to get there. Mm -hmm. And I know how hard the work is I've done. I mean, I, I have done hard work. I've, in theory, this is supposed to be easy. I mean, all you're doing is just directing your thoughts. But I found that directing my thoughts and keeping them directed the way I wanted to, especially early on, was really difficult. It's gotten easier over time, but it was kind of like a muscle I'd never really exercised. Yeah, before. yeah, you're right. It takes a lot of attention and it focus. Does. Yeah, and you have to you keep reminding yourself. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, you have to just keep reminding yourself, okay, yep, well, no, let's go go back to the positive. Nope, go back to the positive. Nope, go back to the positive. <laughs> I know. You're a stuck Isn't record that... after a while. <laughs> I know, and it is so funny how we can, it's just like, so when you're not in the vortex, when you're in that low vibration and when you're feeling kind of yucky, it's like so hard to remember anything. <laughs> I know. It's like, you know? how, how does like, any of this stuff work? I don't remember right. anymore. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's kind of like when she's got someone up on stage and, and they say, you can't get there from there. Yeah, that's right. And they're like, what do you mean? You can't get there from there. It's like, go take a nap or go meditate or wait till tomorrow uh, or do anything you can to pivot away from or get into a better vibration. And all of a sudden, these things that you had kind of like gray colored glasses looking at the world about, suddenly you can see again. Mm-hmm. It's, well, that's a message that really resonates with people here in New England, because New England, of course, one of the New England states is Maine. And Maine, well, first of all, I don't know if you know this, but people from Maine are known as maniacs. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, I didn't know that. And Maine is the source of the phrase, you can't get there from here. Mm. So that phrase is really well known. It resonates with people who live in New England. And you know, oh, so when funny. I hear Abraham say that, that's I hear it with a, with a Maine down east, down east accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about, I was talking about the rose-colored, gray-colored glasses. What that made me think of is I, I have a friend who, um, just talking about relationships too, is she was um, in a marriage where it was like one of those marriages where they almost idealize each other and mm. they saw only the positive in each other. Wow. And it was like, we would all kind of talk about like, wow, you know, and they would almost like deny the rest of it or not look at it. Mm. Um, he ended up going through kind of a midlife crisis, uh, her husband, and he was like drinking and not coming home in the middle of the night and bought a convertible, like that kind of stuff. And she all of a sudden like took those rose colored glasses off and could see like all these flaws mm. and it huge th- caused this, you know, really huge riff in their relationship. But um, ultimately she, you know, they work through the issues and stuff like that. And she has really worked hard to start seeing 
focusing on those positive asset aspects to see him with those rose colored glasses again, because, you know, when you're in that place, you feel hopeful. It's true. You feel like, feel like you can have some effect on things and you can remember tools from Abraham. One thing that I've been focusing on is learning how to appreciate the stuff that I don't like so much. And that's a little bit tricky because the way I said that is actually wrong. It's, it, it sounds like, well, I'm, I am forcing myself to like something I really don't like. And, and that's actually not what I mean. What I mean is looking for stuff about the thing that I don't like to see if there's anything I do like in it. And oh, it, and so seeing, kind of examining it. Yeah. Seeing if I can find where's, where's the silver lining to this thing I don't like. Because mm-hmm. the more that I practice doing that, I find that's actually one of the most empowering ways to make it easier to get back to and stay in that high-flying place. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even if what the thing is, the silver lining is, you're growing from that. Yes, exactly. Which is huge. Which it is, is huge. huge. Yeah. It's very big. Mm-hmm. We have about uh, three and a half minutes left. I wanted to take a moment to uh, give a few messages out to people. First of all, something we've been talking about for the last uh, four or five days or so. Um, Patty, I don't think I told you about it, but I'm trying to encourage our existing listeners, the ones who are the loyal ones, the ones who are subscribers and have been listening for a while now and listen to all the episodes that we put out every month. We love them. We're wonderful. They're wonderful Mm -hmm. listeners. I'm trying to encourage them to go to their favorite social media and just post something about LOA Today. It doesn't really matter what the message is. All I'm asking is include LOAToday.net with a .net in there. It's an experiment to see if we say the whole thing, LOAToday.net in social media, and if all of our listeners are doing that, what happens to our overall listenership? And what we've oh, found cool. what we found so far is by the end of last week, we were hitting some new records in terms of number of plays going on. And, and the number of new listeners was up slightly. Um, and I, I did some checking and found there were there were one or two mentions. There wasn't a whole lot. But how interesting, just one or two mentions produce this this boost in listenership so i'm going to keep yeah. going with it and keep saying hey if you guys haven't done it yet just you know i don't care what social media channel you use just put something out there you say you were just listening to the podcast at LOAToday.net, something like that because um, mm-hmm. we want to see what what we can do in order to boost the numbers up and i think it's going to be a really big way to do it why do it because look how much you get out of it and if you're getting yeah. this much out of it i mean most people don't know about LOA today we, mm-hmm. we have perhaps you know, 150 people who know about us. There, there are some 300 million people in this country who have no idea what LOA Today is. We have a lot of outreach to do, so we're asking for exactly. help with that, with that outreach. And for those who are new, who haven't subscribed, who are just checking us out, maybe this is the first episode they're listening to, we're asking you to become a subscriber. First of all, it's free, which is really nice. Second, it's easy. It takes about a minute. And third, all you do is go to the homepage of the website, LOAToday.net, and the instructions are right there. Um, and for those people who aren't really into browsing uh, web browsers, they don't ever do that kind of thing, well, you can also do it through your phone. If you have an iPhone, just go to the iTunes store and do a or, search on LOA or Today. Or you can just go to the podcast app. Or go to the podcast app and do a search and there. That works. Search, you just click right on it and That's there it shows right. up. That's right. Yeah. Now, if, you're, if you have an Android phone, they don't usually come with podcast apps built in, but you can get one from the Play Store. So just go to the Play Store. There are lots of podcast apps there. Pick one, plug it in, and then do a search there, and you can find us there too. But whatever way you do it, just take a moment and subscribe because, I mean, our existing listeners will tell you. They, we have binge listeners. We have people who just listen to one episode after another. That's how many of them just live, you know, especially on the weekend or something. That's how they, they, they spend their time, just putting us in the background, which is great. Yeah. I love it. I've been listening to them when I'm driving places. Have you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Well, that's why we call it the Daily Dose of Happy. It picks you right up. 
<laughs> exactly. Patty, this has been great. Um, before we go, how does somebody reach out to you if they need a little personal assistance? Well, at this point, the best way to reach me is email with patty at pattyframocoaching.com. It's P-A-T-T-Y-F-R-A-M-O. All right. There it is. Patty, it's been great. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to talking to you next Monday. Thanks. You too. Take care. All right. We'll see you all as well next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.